Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Can I just encourage you to invite um, any single mums that you know to church next week? Often they are people that miss out on Mother's Day. Uh, if they've got children that are small, then they're off, very often just left um, with anyone, people unable to acknowledge them. So please, if you know a single mum, please invite her to church because you know that she's going to, hopefully, I think someone said during Huddle, the meeting that we have before the meeting, that she'll walk out feeling lighter. And uh, I love that thought. And I love that she might feel blessed by the church, um, regardless of whether she's a part of it or not. Yeah, so please do that. Um, Port Macquarie this morning was amazing. An incredible team over there that uh, um, Mick and Mia have put together and and just uh, doing an amazing job. So many Tri-Freedom people out on the field and um, representing uh, the cause of um, eradicating human trafficking. It was just fantastic. So um, you all contribute to that. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that those who are at war, uh, that those who supply also share in the same spoils of those who are on the front line. Um, that's us. That's the church. We supply, we send out, we do what we can, and we all share in the reward of that. Pastor Mike, if you don't, if you don't have millimeters, what do you have? Uh, right. So what what do you measure in rain? You just say rain. A lot of rain, a little bit of rain. Okay. So it's just based on your perspective, really. Okay, cool. Okay. Because in, in New Zealand, they measure rain in meters. Um, so, yes, well, I was wondering. I thought it might be points. My dad measures it in points. But uh, no, in, in a little bit or a lot. Okay, good, good, good. Um, we've just got a few more things before I get to the word. And that is our dear brother in Christ, uh, Gary, over here, um, has got cancer and is still undergoing some radiation treatment and so said that he'd love us to pray for him today. So I just might ask if Caleb and Troy and Frank, if you wouldn't mind just turning and, and if we could pray as a church family for Gary um, today, that'd be great if you um, would get around him. Uh, let's join our faith together. Uh, let's receive this healing on Gary's behalf and and see something amazing done. Gary's a man of faith. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for Gary, Lord, part of our family, part of the church, part of Northwest Church. And Lord, we're so grateful that you led him here, that you drew him here. And Lord, that we get to be a part of his life. We love him, Lord. We pray that tonight he would know that he is so loved in this place and Lord we pray for complete and total healing Lord from this cancer we pray that this uh, radiation treatment wouldn't um, would just accomplish what it's meant to Lord but you would do what only you can do which is um, have a miraculous healing in his body God and that Lord it would just be eradicated completely in Jesus name that Gary would be able to testify like so many others in this place in this room that he is no longer uh, that he no longer has any cancer and we thank Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then one more thing, um, our dear friend and sister Tendai, uh, who has just moved house, um, moved, well, actually just moved from Zimbabwe and uh, and was in a house staying with someone, but praise God, received a miracle of her own house and has been praying for that for a long time. So we celebrate with you, Tendai. Yeah, let's thank God and celebrate with Tendai. Um, but Tendai's got a fridge and a washing machine, but pretty much nothing else. And so I'd encourage you, if you've got anything, uh, that Tendai and her beautiful daughter Lynn um, are here in Australia 
And, um, you know, we've just done a whole series on welcoming people into the, you know, and welcoming the foreigner in particular into um, our arms. And so let's make sure that we get around her. She's our sister and, uh, and support her in whatever way we can. If you've got a garage with something that you're not using, please. How funny is it that we live in a nation that we have a house for our stuff that we don't use? I know that our garage is like that. And so let's um, make sure that we find out what she needs and supply that need in Jesus' name. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that you would quicken it to our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're on Acts, This Is Us, or The Church, It's Personal, part two. Uh, So let's throw up the first scripture, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Let's read this out together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Last week we talked about how some of those amazing things are output goals that, you know, the things that we want like signs and wonders and an atmosphere of awe, they're things that we want um, in our church, in our lives, as we go around in our workplace uh, and things like the Lord adding to our number daily and, and output things like that everyone's just willing to share everything and my stuff's not just for me but it's for anyone who has need of it. Um, But we're looking at the input things that relate to being able to see the output things because we can't control the output as much as we'd love to see them. Who'd love to see some signs and wonders? I know I would. Uh, Who'd love to see um, that that atmosphere of awe? Who'd love to see the favour of all the people? I would. Uh, But we, we, we have no control over that. That's up to God. We can only do what we can do. So one of the things that we can do, and we'll start right at verse 1, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. You see, this this passage is actually what's called, we've talked about it a little bit before, a chiastic structure. That's when it kind of goes A, B, C, C, B, A. It says here in verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then the, the very last thing that said is, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They're the two A's. It says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It says halfway, it says that verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. That's B and B. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. That's C. And then it says, um, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. So these kind of two miraculous outputs are the C and then the kind of main thing there or the 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 amazing point is that all the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, across the rest, we've got two more weeks of this series because Mother's Day next week, we don't have a service in the PM. Heads up for all of you. Um, uh, Daz is going to be talking about one of these things and Trav and Sarah are going to be talking about one of these things. I'm pumped about that. Sarah, very excited. Um, and, uh, but we're looking at this word. Uh, we talked about homothumidon, homothumidon, one accord. And just one more piece on that before we move on. Homothumidin breaks down every barrier. 
Because if we come together as one, if there's people that are different to us in the church, actually if there's people that are different to us in life, they're not people that we stay away from anymore because we recognise that Christ has the capacity to be in every single person. So they're now people that we run towards. When we see people in the church that maybe we wouldn't normally associate with, we don't avoid them, but in fact, we allow ourselves to go to them. Now, I know that that is not natural for some of us, or maybe any of us, and that's why we have to depend on the Holy Spirit. So they might be different, but that's no excuse. Now, we just had Christy and Nathan's wedding. It was very beautiful and exciting. And uh, we talked about how Jesus said, love your neighbour as yourself. And it was a pretty, like, pretty clever little play on words that I thought of uh, because actually Christy and Nathan were neighbours and they fell in love, so that was great. Um, but how that, that, that's actually his instruction for humanity, but then there's layers to it. You see, his instruction for humanity is love your neighbour as yourself, but then he goes right to the home and says gives a, a, an instruction that's completely consistent with culture for that time. Wives, submit to your husbands. However, he preempts it, he front loads it with something completely countercultural, saying, submit to one another out of love. And then backs it up with something that's revolutionary, saying, husbands, lay down your lives for your wife. So here he is giving an, another layer, circling right into the epicenter. And, and where it says charity starts at home, that's an example right there. But on his way to layering out, to going all the way to love your neighbour as yourself and saying that that's a circle that's drawn around everybody and make sure that you um, love everybody. And, and, and he backs it up with a story of a man who went across the road to someone who he's not supposed to like but looked after him put him up in a motel, cared for him, helped him, supported him in order to say, it's not about who is my neighbour, but whose neighbour are you being? He goes and draws that big circle and says, bless your enemies, love your enemies, pray for those who curse you. But on the way to there, Paul writes something in Galatians 6.10. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, in the preceding verse, he says twice, do not give up doing good. Do not give up. That sounds to me like the word we talked about last week. Does everyone remember it? Yes, you do because you used it every day last week because you said you would. Proscaterio, remember? Um, so, and that's staying with, being steadfast, being devoted to. Do not give up. Do not give up. He says, do not give up doing good. Do not give up doing good. And then he says, do good to all people, but especially the family of believers. Now, Paul didn't write that right at the start in the passage we just read, mainly because he was not yet a Christian, but also because he didn't need to. The believers here were overflowing with the Holy Spirit. They were on the, does anyone remember, if you're a Christian here today, the new Christian's high? Do you remember when like the peace came and you were like, oh my goodness, something's changed. Now, maybe this wasn't your experience and that's totally fine. Maybe it was more gradual for you. But for some of us, it was like, oh my goodness, give me someone to tell about Jesus. And then maybe over years or maybe over weeks or hopefully not over days that wore off and uh, you weren't like that anymore. But this is what it's like. There's this new community and it's this beautiful high that everybody is on and it's, it's awesome. So Paul doesn't need to write that, do good to the family of believers because that's already happening. They're together in life. They're together in love. They're together in the freedom and the liberty that the Holy Spirit brings. And it's not until a while later 
that comparison creeps in, that pride creeps in, that the flesh creeps in. And that's told in a story where a couple decide to lie about the amount of money that they're giving to the apostles for the contribution to the family of believers. They lie about it and it has horrific consequences. And the idealistic new community has never been the same since. I maybe not even till heaven. I hope that's not being pessimistic of me to say. Maybe we won't experience that kind of community that's being talked about until heaven. But what I do know is that I am committed to going after it. I'm committed to the inputs that we can do so that we might see some of the outputs. Is anyone with me? Do you not want to just settle for shallow community? Do you, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe some of you are fine with that. Yeah, and you're like, yes, I just want to come and go. Is that all right? Actually, yes, it's fine. But there is something deeper. And at some point, I pray that you'll get a discontent with that, just come, show up, and then leave. And you'll actually want to go deeper into the community of believers that God talks about. Okay. We need to be committed to that. We need to be like this. They devoted themselves, proskaterio, committed to, devoted to, just championing it to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So we'll just talk about the apostles' teaching for a moment. Let's remember that the apostles here have only two sources that they can draw from. They've got the Old Testament. And these apostles are not rabbi trained, apart from, from Jesus. But they're not rabbi trained about the Old Testament as such. You see, Jewish young men and women went to school at five to learn the Torah. And hopefully by the time they were 13, they would have memorized the first five books of the Bible. Then all the girls would go home to learn how to keep house. And most of the boys would go home. And some of the boys would stay to keep on with their training. Uh, Or they might still do their family trade at home and keep training. Um, But most boys would go home and just learn the family trade at 13. The very best students began to study the prophets and the writings of the Old Testament. The apostles were fishermen and tax collectors. They knew the first five books of the Bible. That is the source that they've got to draw from as it relates to the apostles' teaching. That's their first source. Their second source and their primary source was Jesus himself everything that they'd seen him do, the way that they lived with him for three years, all that they had heard, they now began to pass on. Jesus was their rabbi. So Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, he says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So that's the rabbi model. Whatever you see, whatever you hear, whatever you've learned and whatever you've observed, put that into practice. It's not just a taught thing. There's not just a teacher standing telling people what to do. There's actually a life lived together, which we now outwork through connect groups, life lived together that causes us to be able to catch the things that are on each other's life that are good. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it says, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. This is actually what takes place in connect groups. There's a teaching that happens and then that teaching is taken and brought out through the connect group leader and, and in discussion and, and brought out even further and going deeper. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 says this, What you've heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Did you know that in today's world, there's a, there's a bucket load of content out there? That, there's a truckload of content. 
there's a motherload of content out there of amazing world-class speakers. And I say, listen to all of it. Listen to the ones that you agree with that inspire you. Listen to the ones that you disagree with that challenge you and get you angry. Listen to them all. Listen to them all. But do it in the context, do it in the framework of teaching that you're able to observe and see and learn from on a personal level. You can't have a podcast as spiritual oversight. You can't have a YouTube channel as the person that you observe from. You might say, oh, well, no, I I follow them on social media as well and and so I can observe their life that way. No, (laughs) the social media is their highlight reel. It says here, that you can learn from, receive from, hear from. And you're like, oh, well, tick Fertick, well, tick T.D. Jakes, tick Bill Johnson. But it says, and see in me. Who can you see it in? Do you have spiritual oversight that you can see the life lived out in? Because if, if your spiritual oversight, if all the person that you're willing to accept correction or teaching from is someone online, you don't have that. So let's use everything available to us and arrive in a place where we have spiritual oversight. You might say, well, I'm pretty much smarter than everyone that I know that could teach me. Okay, well, that's arrogant. (laughs) I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) But no, really, it it is, isn't it? I, I honestly, you know, you might say, well, you're simple, Bron, and maybe that's true. But every single service I come to, I get something out of. And I believe that we all can if we go out in the week and live it and empty it out and then we've got room to come back and fill ourselves up again. If we go out and we don't and we just come back week after week, then we can turn into big spiritual fatties. Um, I just, um, I've, I've got a new friend. His name's Eli, sitting next to Daz here. And uh, Nath Robinson invited him to church. He's a great fella. I asked him if I could use this story. But when I first met him at church, um, he said to me, Nath introduced us and, and I'd preached that morning. And Eli said, can I just ask you a question? I said, sure. And he said, why? It's like, <laughs> I don't have the answer for that. <laughs> but I said, oh, can you ask me, speci- can you, what, what specifically do you mean? He said, why Jesus? And I said, oh, um, and I began to talk about the logical, you know, historical evidence for the person of Jesus Christ for his death and resurrection. And then just went, but you know what, Eli? Like everyone that I know that has had, that follows Jesus, at some point they had an encounter where Jesus just, their heart was just arrested. Maybe they were reading the Bible. Maybe they were in a church service. Maybe they saw something. You know, I heard about a guy who was convicted because he looked at a telegraph pole and it was in the shape of a cross and like dead set that convicted him and he became a Christian. And, and so everyone has had an encounter at some point. And Eli was like, well, I'm not there yet. I mean, that's cool, Eli, just keep coming. And uh, he said, so are you saying that I can keep coming and I'm not going to get mocked for my questions? It's like, hell no, that's what this place is here for. And, um, and so you can't do that. Like you could if you just look online, but Google's a minefield. <laughs> and so... It's better to get into spiritual community where you're able to ask questions. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says this. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ. Now that word guardians, there was often a slave 
that was appointed to teach the children of the household. Uh, even there was a low-paid um, staff member back in, you know, only 100 years ago called a governess that would do the same thing. It says, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. It's Paul speaking. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life, etc., etc. So here's Paul again saying, okay, there's a thousand people who want to instruct you, but who's going to father you? And he says, I'll father you. And, and that's the point of Christian community is that we're in relationship together. So let me ask you the question, do you have someone that you're submitted to as it relates to the Word of God in your life that you would allow to correct you? And if you do, you need to continue in it. It says here that actually we need to be devoted to it. You can't proscatario a YouTube channel or a podcast. It's outworked in life and with each other. It doesn't mean when it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, Christian doctrine. You know, well, it does because doctrine is just what you believe, but doctrine as we now see it. It doesn't mean be devoted to your belief system in terms of like, I'm, I'm devoted to the five points of Calvinism. Like, that's, that's not what it means. It, knowing what you believe is helpful, but for it to have your total devotion and allegiance, uh, no, your total devotion and allegiance is to the person of Jesus Christ. But we love a creed. We love a doctrinal statement that we can pitch our tent and, and, and put our flag on. Let's be careful. Let's be very careful with that. Jesus' teaching was revolutionary, and if we look at that, there's very little tent pitching or flag raising. Yes, thank you, Brenda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, 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 um, Jesus' teaching kind of smacks what they attached themselves to. Well, some of it, it smacked it and others, it fulfilled it. So don't get too attached to a, a system or a doctrinal statement as such. Let's ensure that that beautiful perfume keeps going where love is the motivation of everything that we do. Um, let's remember that the fruit of the Spirit isn't the ability to recount the five points of Calvinism or the ACC doctrinal statement or, or whatever it might be, the Westminster Confession of Faith, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They kind of don't arrive out of, well, I know what I believe, and if you agree with me, we're friends, and if you don't, we're not. Not on. So for me personally, I am so blessed to have this book. Like I love this like crazy. I, I can only go a couple of days and without reading it and I become soulish. Like I just become rank in my attitude. And I, I just love it. I'm so grateful to be born at this time in history. I'm so grateful that it's not chained to a pulpit and written in Latin and me as an uneducated woman didn't get even a look at it. I'm so grateful that we've got unprecedented access to it. And I'm so grateful for all the men and women that died so that we could hold it in our hands and put it on our phones. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful for it. I actually agree with Joel Osteen. 
this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I actually believe that when I read it, that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I will never be the same. Um, on the daily, I actually believe that. I, I, I receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, 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 never be the same in Jesus' name. I actually believe that with all my heart. And yet somehow God desires that I still get taught it, that, that the apostles' teaching, that I still sit under a teaching of it. Like I devour this thing. Like if you could come up and have a look at all the pages, like look at the front of it. I didn't like it and I ripped it out. No, I, I, like it's just all over the shop. I, I love it so much. And Sarah, well, I'm not ready for you yet. <laughs> all right, okay, going. God still desires that I sit under it. Okay. The question is to stop now or to quickly whiz through the last part. All right, we're going to go really fast. No, I'm just going to stop now. Okay. Praise God. Early mark. The next part's a whole other point, so I'm not going to do it justice. Let's come to our feet. There's something... There's just something about when I read that description of the early church that I know that we need God for. And and we can't do it on our own. There's absolutely no way. We're in overflow last week where we just throw out the run sheet, worship God, whatever that looks like, and believe that God is actually going to pour into us. We actually believe that God is going to refresh us and refuel us and refill us. But He's able to do that in a moment, in an instant right now. He's able to help us live out of an overflow just in a moment. So I don't know what your week's looking like this week. I'm going to pray for you. And I just, anything that you've got in your mind that you're overwhelmed about or worried or even slightly concerned about, just bring that to mind right now because we're going to commit it to God. Heavenly Father, thank you that you know the number of hairs on our head. Thank you that you know when a sparrow falls. Thank you that you you know the, the flowers of the grass, you know when they wither, you know when they fade. And so God, we know that you love us and that you care for us and you gave yourself your whole life for us. So you know the issues that we have going on in our lives. Lord, every single hurt, every single pain, every single thing that's coming against us, Lord, we just commit to you in the name of Jesus. And we trust you with it, Lord. We trust you with it. We decide to trust you with it, Lord God. And Lord, if there's anyone in this place today who doesn't know you yet, Lord, I pray that right now, you would just begin to show them how much you love them. That even as we stand here right now, that they would know the love of God. And uh, if that's you today, I'm going to pray a prayer and I just invite you to take hold of these words and mean them from the bottom of your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for asking me to know you and I desire to know you help 
me know who you are. Help me know who you say that I am. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.